Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand. But let's face it, not really all that much in demand, if we're being honest. After yesterday? I mean, is it all intimidating to come back after the greatest day in broadcasting history? If that's the case... And then you had to go and ruin it all by pointing out Costco has their Christmas stuff out. They do, man. Was there yesterday. We're in there to get my wife's birthday cake for tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, Amy. Yep. Share birthdays tomorrow. And uh, went in there to get her birthday cake. And I saw all the Christmas stuff, man. I had to I had to light you guys up for the most wonderful time of the year. Costco knows what time it is. There's a lot of talk these yeah. days. Do you know I what do time too. it is? I do, too. It's August. <laughs> Costco knows. Costco knows it's 120 days away. They know. That's it. Just a mere 120 days away until Christmas. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd and He's Aaron McIntyre. We did get a lot of feedback on yesterday's show. I mean, a ton. I would say 97% was that was maybe that was one of the best shows you guys have ever done. Certainly one of the funniest. 3% were people upset that we weren't taking this more seriously. (laughs) Dear God. Yes. I, I went into last weekend more internalized and more confident than ever before that Twitter is not real life. The degree to which that stupid trope about the mugshot and the black vote, that just almost broke me. Yeah, I think it's because in this case, a lot of conservative media took that off of Twitter and yeah. to their platforms. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just, first of all, I just think it's, it's borderline racist. It is. I'm sorry to just assume that you can reach a race of the population on the basis of the fact you've had somebody arrested. What you're essentially saying is that you have to be a criminal uh, to reach black people. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that make that's just pretty racist to me, number one. No, I mean, Biden is the one who said, if you vote for Trump, you ain't really black. So yeah. this is the reverse. This of is it, the right? reverse of it. Yeah. I mean, Trump's a criminal. And so since apparently a lot of black people are criminals, they should be now voting for Trump. First of all, Trump's not a criminal and a lot of black people aren't criminals. It is true that uh, a disproportionate amount of people who are charged with crimes are black, but that's because they're guilty of crimes. I don't accept that premise either. The premise that, well, if there's this much more of a race in prison than other races, then that just automatically must mean the system is racist. It probably just automatically means that um, more of those people committed crimes for various reasons. And a lot of it actually is because the system is racist, just not the system that you think. Um, It's because... Uh, you have a community that for uh, 60 years has voted for a system that has kept them confined socioeconomically into multi-generational poverty and dysfunction. And unfortunately that's has led to uh, what is the later, what's the, what's the latest number? 70, 75% of black children in America now are built, are born without a dad in the home. I mean, I go back to what the late great Chuck Colson told me um, years ago before he passed away. Uh, after decades of doing prison ministry, the one commonality, regardless of socioeconomic status, race, creed, religion, is if you were a violent offender uh, in, in prison for committing a violent offense, and I asked you who your dad was almost every time, either I don't know or my dad is also in prison for committing some sort of serious felony. So it just, but that trope just penetrated because. 
what we talked about yesterday, this is the number one content item patriotic boomer whites who are rightly tired of being accused for decades falsely of being racists. This is the number one kind of content they have long wanted to consume on the right. I think I think I saw someone did the math. Trump would have to win to get 20% of the black vote, which is what the uh, a, a new uh, either it's a Fox poll or a poll Fox is promoting. He'd have to win he'd have to win 30% of black men and 14% of black women. In order to get in order to get twenty percent of the black vote, the Republican has not gotten twenty percent of the black vote, by the way, since Thomas Dewey. Hmm. That's the last time that happened. He actually got more than that, but Harry Truman became the first Democrat ever to get a plurality of black voters, and that's how he pulled that massive Dewey beats Truman upset in that election, and that began the slow migration. That was cemented in 1964 with the Great Society. Um, that was began the slow migration of black voters from the Republican Party post-Civil War Reconstruction into the Democratic Party as we've seen today. And why are we still talking about this? Because Aaron brought it up. Sorry. Yeah. Can we just, we're just not even going to address this anymore. Unless unless it's just an obvious grift, we're just not even going to Let's talk go back to it. the 3% who think we're totally unserious. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure they gave you all the examples, Steve, of like the skulls of their enemies that they've collected yeah, going I mean, against they're, the woke. They're, right? they're buying t-shirts. And by the way, I, I have no problem with buying the t-shirts. They're going to need all the help they can get. They're going to need all the legal defense money they can get. So I don't have a problem with that. I hope, I hope, they, I hope you guys sell all, all the t-shirts, actually. They need help. And I hope Trump actually starts spreading that money around rather than just keeping it for himself. But understand that may be a defiant statement, might even be a collector's item one day. If we have a society long enough for such things to develop, but that's not meaningly, meaningfully fighting back in any way, in any way. And we just don't have time right now. I, I, know, I know it seems like it to many of us because we live comfortably. So it just doesn't, the sense of urgency just doesn't seem like it's there, but it is. I mean, we are watching the assassination of a, of a, of a former president of an opposition leader. You are watching it right now play out. A literal assassination attempt. It's just being done 21st century style. It's being done the modern way. And our answer is merch. So, Steve, what should we do? Well, you know, here's what you need to do. Um, impeaching Biden won't do anything to stop the lawfare, although I'm in favor of it on sheer principle. But you actually need. And finally, a couple of Republicans now have, have done, had this have yesterday did actually put in the budget bill that they're going to fight over here in the next 40 days, a defund of DOJ. So some people are at least pointing at doing this on Capitol Hill. So good for them. Um, but you would, you need to have a, a literal government shutdown fight over this issue. You have to take your case to the American people and show them that this is, this weaponization of the DOJ is un-American. We don't want it. We don't want to set these kinds of precedents and make that case to the American people. And there's a couple of uh, members of Congress now that are suggesting this. Um, no member of leadership is. I mean, I listened to Kevin McCarthy lay yes. out his grounds for impeachment. Now, understand everything we know about the Bidens, right? And Kevin McCarthy's grounds for impeachment were, currently are, well, you know, we requested some documents, and if they don't honor the subpoena, then we'll have an impeachment inquiry. 
that'll light a fire in the American people, right? That, 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 the American people, like, so we're, we're doing nothing in government over a document fight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just... And furthermore, this link between Trump and McCarthy just begs all the same questions again about all the best people. This is your guy. Yeah. This McCarthy is the is, obvious McCarthy play. McCarthy is speaker because yeah. of Trump. You won't make this play now. Why are we going to believe... And I just showed you how uh, Charlie Kirk yesterday said, this won't be the same as last time. We, the, he will go after him. Give me the evidence that they will go after him if Trump is elected. Give I mean, it to me. It, it, a very well-qualified attorney of President Trump's ran and challenged Ronna Romney McDaniel for, state, or for RNC chair this winter. Trump backed, backed Ronna instead, didn't back Harmeet Dillon. Think, think, think having an attorney with a lot of litigation experience who might be able to you know, plan ahead and, and plot in, in advance what's coming. Might ha- having such a person as head of the RNC think that could be a valuable asset right about now? Ask Jenna Ellis. Yeah, I think that could be a valuable asset right about now. But no, he kept Ron in there instead. So we're, this is where we are. So you need to defund DOJ at the federal level. And then at the state level, if you are a red state attorney general or if you are a red DA, if Hunter Biden stopped to take a leak in your city or your state once, you ought to be you ought to be doing all out lawfare against the Bidens. Now, I hate saying things like this, and I hate that it's come to this, but the social compact, like I said in the Glenn Beck podcast this weekend, and we're going to talk about that in the overtime today, the, the social compact is broken. We are not an e pluribus unum anymore. And so without the social compact, without the better angels of our nature saying, I don't want to do that to my neighbor, even if we disagree, we might have completely opposite signs in our yard each election cycle, but you're my neighbor and we're both Americans and I don't want, that's, that's gone now. It's gone. And so, like, somebody asked me today, well, what if we can't get Republicans to do that? What's the next step? There is no next step. There is no next step. Antietam. Antietam is the next step. And a lot of very wealthy people who live in compounds and, and, and houses a lot nicer than me that have been tweeting out Civil War in all caps for the last few months are going to get their wish. Except it won't be us fighting. It'll be our kids and our grandkids. That's what you're going to have to do. You have to create mutually assured destruction now. They have to be shown, if you, buy, if you do this now, we will punish you the same and de-incentivize it. Right now, that's not occurring. Right now, we're going to have it in... Trump's a Russian tra- traitor, Russian asset. Um, he was compromised with Russian hookers because of a P-tape, and we're impeaching him for that. You're represented by people coming back with, well, if, if, if the Bidens don't honor the documents request, we're going and the subpoena. We're going to we're going to. Um, yes, we've got videos of him literally doing cocaine off Russian hookers asses. But we're going to go on. They're going to base our impeachment inquiry on the, 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 uh, the document subpoena. I mean, th- that won't work. So either we start. That's one of the reasons why I like the guy that, you know, is a rhino now, apparently, for some of you. Why? Because over 20 people in Florida drained, gone. Why were their elections fine in Florida? Well, because he took over and realized Broward County is run by a corruptocrat, got rid of her. That's why. We either get people elected who will wield power or we're heading to Antietam because the other side won't be stopped by your memes or your merch and they don't care. They're laughing at us, actually laughing brian kemp comes in and we that was it's, it's not even a story now brian kemp comes in and says no we're not doing the fulton county trial of, of trump before the election okay 
So they just schedule the January 6th trial, the exact date before Super Tuesday, that the Fulton County trial of Trump was going to be. Do you, are you paying attention? Do we understand what is happening here? Nothing will stop force except an equal or more potent show of force. That will be it. So fine. Okay, you guys want lawfare? We'll give it to you. But how many people are talking like this? Buy a shirt. Vote Trump. I actually agree with all of the Trump talking points on this. All of them. That's exactly why I'm saying the things that I'm saying right now. I would like them to agree. Instead, they're doing things like Matt Gates and Byron Donalds not tweeting or talking about the hurricane. Or, or finding a way to do so where they don't actually mention or coordinate with the governor's office whatsoever because there's a, because we can't, make Trump, we can't make DeSantis look good. Are you freaking kidding me? That's what we're doing here? course we're, we're up against people trying to assassinate donald trump and and we got people that can't set that aside for 48 hours a stupid primary because people's lives are at stake that's not serious and so no for you three percenters i don't regret laughing at you at all i regret i didn't laugh more and i regret i haven't laughed more often so laugh more often i shall if we're not serious and it's all chuckle hut and it's all for clicks, then I am going to sh- I've got a belly that'll shake like a bowl of jelly. I'm going to laugh so hard. Another Christmas reference for you there, Todd. Thank you. You're welcome. Coming up on the show today, a lot of you have been clamoring for us to talk about Tucker and Trump. Today we will. We'll be joined by my oldest daughter later. We raised about $50,000 out of this audience for an attempt at a landmark case against COVID Stan, which tried to kill a very good friend of mine and a decorated Marine. He will join us for an update on that case here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Random Fun Facts. This is Florida's first congressional district. It's represented by Matt Gates, who has endorsed Donald Trump. Florida's first congressional district is on the west coast of that state. This is Florida's 19th congressional district. It's represented by Byron Donalds, who has endorsed Donald Trump. Florida's 19th congressional district is on the west coast of that state. Hurricane Idalia is currently projected to slam Florida's west coast as a Category 3 hurricane on Wednesday. Between the two congressmen, there is a total of one tweet warning their constituents about the incoming hurricane. Again, just some random fun facts on a fun Tuesday. By the way, here was Governor Ron DeSantis' schedule yesterday. You're seeing 19 items on the schedule before noon. And here was Donald Trump's schedule yesterday. So that's cool. Newly surfaced video emerged of a 2003 presidential town hall tour on college campuses that MSNBC did. This particular one was with then presidential candidate Al Sharpton. And boy, howdy, look who showed up. And my question for you is, of all the Democratic candidates out there, why should I vote for the one with the least political experience? Well, you shouldn't, because I have the most political experience. (laughs)
Now, that's funny, but that was almost 20 years ago, so it's maybe not fair to use that against him. But then look who else showed up on that very same MSNBC college campus tour. Congressman, why are you the only presidential candidate not attending tomorrow's youth-oriented Rock the Vote Forum? And do you think young people's votes matter in your campaign? What are the odds MSNBC selected both Vivek and Rear Admiral Buttigieg during the same college campus tour during the same year? Probably probably just a coincidence. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says, yes, indeed, there's going to be another push to get everybody jabbed with an all-new COVID jab formulation. So as I think you've heard from the F uh, FDA and CDC, uh, they've made an announcement on the new vaccine. Uh, so certainly uh, they said that they will have an, there'll be an updated vaccine September, mid-September, I believe. So uh, we know that, as you all know, vaccinations against COVID-19 remains the safest protection for avoiding hospitalization, long-term health outcomes, Comes in death. Checking in on Fox News, here's token lefty Harold Ford Jr. I think the message from is get the shot if you want. I if will. If you want it, don't, go ahead. Don't get it. Where, you gonna where get, it? get another one? I just said I I'm not going to ask anybody if they're it? getting their shot. Get, I won't wear a mask, but I'm going to get the shot. You are? Mm -hmm. How, what number shot is this for you? I've had it every t So I'm, I'm <laughs> doing one in October. I have one in April. How many? What's the total? So this yeah. will be my seventh. Seventh oh. <laughs> And I've had COVID three times. Coming up. <laughs> Learning Chinese today. Today's phrase is seven COVID jabs plus three COVID illnesses equals one person. We've now learned the National Archives has revealed it has 5,400 emails in which then-Vice President Joe Biden used fake names to discuss business and government issues with his son Hunter. Civil War! And finally, rich men north of Richmond. I've been working till the break of 445. I get an automatic raise. And I can't be fine. Must wait till age 57. Till I can retire with an inflation adjusted pension that continuously keeps going higher. Oh, it's a damn shame. What the world's come to. They want us back in the office on Mondays too. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true. But it is. Oh, it is. Not living in the real world is a lot harder than you'd know. Sure, I got dental, but it's bad I go mental. Cause I had to fill out both of these forms. I also see price hikes on necessities. I had to purchase my rental in Ocean City. Please don't tell anyone. It's so embarrassing, the plight of rich men north of rich men. That's Remy from Reason.com, and that's what happened while we were away. That's even better that's than the original incredible. song. That is extremely well done. I mean... That's extremely well done. I, For those of you who think I'm not taking this seriously enough, guys, we just had a midterm election where the, the uh, lots of people north of Richmond put us through hell for three plus years and not a single meaningful incumbent up for re-election in America lost. So they're planning to do it again. I, I just, I, I'm, no, we're not serious. So, so why should I just come in here and just take this seriously every day when we're clearly not serious about it? Aaron's montage brought to you by a product that you need right now. Because especially if you're living in the Midwest, the next heat wave is a coming. Coming this weekend. Make sure you get the sheets that keep you cool. They are the self-cooling sheets for better quality sleep from Miracle Made. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics that makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature 
all night long. They're also self-cleaning too. That exact same silver infusion prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growths that leaves them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. So no more gross odors as well. By the way, I mean, don't bury the lead here. These things are also really comfortable. They feel luxurious. They feel sleek. Um, They're designed for your skin. You can't beat them. Best sheets I've ever slept on. TryMiracle.com slash Dace is where you want to go. TryMiracle.com slash Dace. If you order today, you can save 40% at TryMiracle.com slash Dace. But that's not all. If you use the promo code Dace at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So use the promo code Dace at TryMiracle.com slash Dace. Promo code D-E-A-C-E at TryMiracle.com slash Dace. All right, um, to the uh, to the montage, I, I, I don't think it's a fair... There, there's plenty of... And you alluded to this, Aaron. There, there's, there's plenty of things that... Uh, what did Christie call him the other night? Not that I ever want to affirmatively quote Chris Christie, but what did he call the Vague the other night, Chad GPT yeah. or something? I mean, now he's denying things that he said just like last week. Right. Okay. I mean, you're talking to the guy who probably did more to discredit Romney as a political figure than any person in America did. And I can't recall this level of rapidity in Romney's flip-flops. Like, Romney would try to erase the stuff that he thought when he was governor of Massachusetts like three, four, five years ago, or when he ran for U.S. Senate against Ted Kennedy in 1994 and over a decade ago and wanted all that stuff kind of memory hold and, you know... We're talking now about a guy that is just literally going back on stuff he just said like, you know, a week ago. That all being said, you know, he's young, he's 38, and 20 years ago, he was 18. Yeah. I I just don't think that's fair game. I I am fascinated by the fact, though. Yes. Him and Pete Buttigieg, each in that audience, each getting on national TV on the same network. I will tell you the odds of that are... Very, very remote. Very, I mean, one in 10 million. And yet, I just assume Hydra showed up and approached both of them afterwards and said, I I like how you handle your rig. (laughs) (laughs) I like your, you have a saying, invincible ignorance. Mm -hmm. And that's Harold Ford in that clip. Yes. That is what that is. And it's important. this is I think it was important that they laughed at him, actually. Yeah. I, I Very agree. Very important that they laughed at him. And notwithstanding how Aaron set that up, I love it. But this this, this is my point, not only about uh, invincible ignorance, but the magical power of vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harold Ford is not a moron. He's not. I mean, he, he. we've seen the crazy wide-eyed of all kinds. He's not. He's taken on, I know, for the Biden administration, you know, fairly aggressively. I mean, he's not trying to start a new wing of the party, but he's taken on what he believes to be a wrong tack. Uh, by democratic standards, he's not particularly woke or anything like that. He's far more of a centrist. But on this, to your point, Steve, look, seven, ten, give them all. It's amazing. I, you know, we used to when when the vaccine war was hot and heavy in the summer and fall of 21 as the mandate was coming down the pike. The pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yes, and we, we would point out this is the only product ever that gets to market itself as, as, as not being successful because you chose not to use it. 
okay, that the people who didn't yes. buy it and the people who didn't consume it and use it are responsible for its failure, right? Um, what, what do you say to someone who has risked that injection by his own admission seven times and, and it's failed three times? Almost half the time it has failed him. I don't, I don't know how to communicate with that. And you have to understand that's, that's, that's why I said it was important that they laughed at him. Because that can't be reasoned with. You know, I, during, during that time, I used to use the analogy, imagine you're in the Valley of Ben-Hinnom waiting in line, all right, to cast your baby into the fire to Molech so that this fall's you know, um, harvest will produce a bountiful yield. And you're sitting there in the summertime, man, in, in, you know, in Palestine, and you're sitting there in, 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 in you know, 6th century BC Israel. It ain't, it ain't chilly. It ain't chilly, right? You're, so you're sitting there. Everybody's, you know, got to get one last baby toss in before the harvest, you know, here in the fall. And so the, the, our crops don't fail. And so you're sitting there in the long line, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure this is a really good idea. Not to mention, you know, I know we don't preach the law here much anymore, but I do seem to recall Moses told us, don't go into the valley of Ben-Hin and, and throw your babies into the fire to demons. So I'm not going to judge everybody else. Maybe you guys are right. You know, I'm, I'm not Mr. Uh, you know, Hebrew scholar here, but uh, I kind of just got to check out, you know, and we're to eject quietly, just mosey on out of here and head back to our own homestead. And everybody turns and looks at you and says, you'll be the reason why our crops fail. You'll be the reason why my wife doesn't get pregnant this year. And we uh, that our baby is born stillborn and we're not fertile. We're not reproductive. You'll do it. And I don't believe that you can data. And I say this as a guy who is data driven. I don't believe you can data argue against that. Um, because that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's not science. That is idolatry. What Harold Ford Jr. has just said on national TV is, I am an idolater. There is literally nothing that this branch of government could tell me to do that I would immediately reject on its face and not seriously consider. And so I, I don't know of anything else to do other than to, I think at that level, you have to mock it. And you see that in the scriptures, right? When, when Paul is so, as a Jew, Paul confronts others who are so obsessed with circumcision that they could just be terrible people disobey every every syllable of the law but as long as they cut off this piece of foreskin god just totally over, just totally overlooks it what does he say to him tell you what i'm not gonna argue with you anymore you guys show us your sincerity show me show us just how serious you are about circumcision cut your entire penises off and come back to me when you've done that there does come a moment where you just have to mock this is elijah at mount carmel maybe your god's on the toilet maybe Baal's indisposed he literally says that Isaiah, how do you know which piece of this idol made of wood you've constructed that you should burn for heat and which one you're supposed to worship? Mockery. When you reach this level of idolatry, you cannot reason with it. And that's the point that you were making. This is a guy that has shown he has, in the past, he's willing to listen to reason on some level. He's, he's, he, can, he can be a critical thinker. And so if he's not willing to listen to reason here... Then, then understand we're not reasoning with him is irrelevant. You have to mock that. And so I think that was Jesse Waters and a few others that were laughing at him. Mm -hmm. That's the exact right response.
You have to mock it. Well, you have to make people feel like th- this is, I, I, I am ridiculous for continuing on this path. That's the only thing, the, 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 the fear of rebellion, the fear of mockery, ridicule. That's the only thing at that point that will get people to reconsider their positions when they're that deep into idolatry. And I don't know if you fully know or understand how on the nose your uh, throwing babies into the volcano analogy was, but we need those people who are laughing too. We need to laugh at ourselves. We've been throwing our babies into the volcano for a very, very long time on this front. That's how it got to this point where we had total trust in this total farce because you've been jacking babies up with all kinds of chemicals. When Steve and I were babies, it was the cocktail was something like 15 to 17. Now it's 45 four different shots we've been doing this believing utter voodoo for a very very long time so it ain't just harold ford most of you doing the laughing too need to have a chuckle about yourself and reevaluate things steve and i can't thank you obviously you know what side i come from but th- thank you for continuing to draw a line of sand on this that so few have because it's so important to understand that we did this to ourselves we're the smartest people in the history of the world in terms of the amount of time we spend in a place called school or getting an education and we don't know jack Hmm. that's a direct relationship actually (laughs) yeah that's a direct relationship and yeah, I, I've talked openly many times about opening my own eyes during COVID. Hey, um, seeing this behavior here, what else are they lying to us about? What else, what else are they misleading us about? So many things we have taken for granted for so long about our own bodies and how to take care of them and what medicine actually is versus what it isn't. Those things have been blown up, at least in my mind. I hope a critical mass of people or at least starting to internally, if not externally, internally asking themselves, hey, is this all a scam? But then again, there's the Harold Ford Juniors of the world who uh, apparently have not asked themselves that question. I mean, I was listening to a sports podcast the other day where a guy who's taken all the boosters got sick with COVID and, and quarantined himself. But said, don't worry, because I took the vax, I didn't get any serious and nothing serious. Still repeating <laughs> talking points that no one has assumed for, you know, 12, 18 months. Just a cult. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Jace Medical. Remember, they came out last year with the uh, Jace case that um, allowed you to make sure that you had some of the most venerable and proven antibiotics on the market available to you for the next time we might have so-called emergencies that they would decide, yeah, on second thought, we don't want to let you have those just when you might need them the most. Oh, and they're dangerous, mind you. They're dangerous. And so they wanted to make sure you had doxycycline, amoxicillin, etc. Now they want to make sure you back up your existing meds. And that can be for up to 12 months. And that can be anything from heart medication, uh, diabetes, cholesterol, even mental health, and more. Just be prepared because the system has proven 
You can't trust it and give it the benefit of the doubt any longer. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. jacemedical.com, code DACE at checkout for a discount. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com, discount code DACE. So I mentioned what happened before with COVID. And we had two medications that there had been some early trial data, some early clinical data, and then a lot of observational data around the world indicated that if COVID was detected early enough, could have some effectiveness against serious onset of symptoms, especially when it came to avoiding what became, which is what killed a lot of people, the cytokine storm. And this is where the, the inflammation that you are dealing with on a pulmonary level is so is so high, eventually your body can't recover. Um, we put people on ventilators, which killed them even faster. Uh, and that's why it was literally a flip of a coin. If you went into an American hospital during the early advent of COVID, and then even more so with the Delta variant, it was literally a flip of a coin if you went in there and, and, and you came out alive. And so we had two medications that had shown some level of promise, one of them, hydroxychloroquine, which had been approved clinically for about 60 years and has been given to probably tens of millions of people in the world. Another one, ivermectin, which had been approved uh, for the Nobel Prize in 2015 and was considered by, it, um, by its manufacturer, Merck, to be one of the miracle drugs of the 21st century. And then when people started seeing results as a treatment against COVID, Merck suddenly put out a press release calling their own drug they won a Nobel Prize for dangerous and not safe. Terry Bradshaw lampooned Aaron Rodgers last year on uh, the Fox NFL show for taking horse paste. That is not what ivermectin originally was. Horses are mammals like humans. They have some of the same biological, physiological, immunological properties. So a lot of medications these days are refashioned for animal use, particularly when we're talking about, you know, mammals like us. But it was originally developed to save humans, and it saved so many lives and won a Nobel Prize. So I'm not telling you, for a lot of you in this audience, these are all stories you know, you lived, you heard. But this became very personal to me when I got a call one night on a weekend from one of, from one of my very good friends, a decorated Marine, served his country in Somalia, was charged with defending a president at Camp David as part of his security detail. A guy that even still, at his age, Looks like he just walked right out of a set from American Gladiators. And now he can't breathe. I was able to get him in touch with Dr. Molly James. We were able to get him the prescription for ivermectin. He lives in uh, right around the Iowa-Minnesota border. Tried to go to Walmart and his grocery store both. They refused to fill his subscriptions. They were willing to kill him. Luckily, because of his background as a farmer... He was able to recalibrate the horse paste version and consume it the right amount as a human being and right away began to see his system, his symptoms subside within 24, 48 hours. I mean, he was back up on his feet having conversations with his wife and kids. 
And so we introduced you to Bill Salier last year, when w- along with our friends at We the Patriots USA. We raised about fifty thousand dollars out of this audience to to launch a landmark case against Walmart for its refusal to prescribe him a drug that would have saved his life and potentially risking killing him. So Bill Salier joins me on the phone now for an update on that case. It's good to have you back, brother. How are you? I am well, Steve. And I'll tell you what, you are the master of the segue, buddy. That was just extremely well done. Well, thank you. And did I did I make sure I got all the pertinent details of what happened to you and what they tried to do to you? Did I get it all correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, was, there was actually myself and my wife who were um, sick with this. I was worse. She got it later than me. So she was trying to take care of me in that cytokine storm when she was in the earlier phases. And Dr. James uh, prescribed hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for her, Mm -hmm. but said that the hydroxy was too late for me being in the cytokine storm, but that the ivermectin combined with some other uh, things that was just wacky is antidepressants and allergy medicines. I mean, it was was all over the place was going to turn me around, but she said the key component to it was the ivermectin to be in with everything else, steroids, et cetera. So, uh, yes, we were turned down at, at both locations. Uh, yes, we went the horse paste version. Um, eventually, Dr. James was able to get a pharmacy out of Florida who was just being overwhelmed with requests from physicians to send ivermectin. They did fulfill it. And by the time they were able to catch up to our request and get it to us up here in Minnesota, um, I was already back at work. And it was, it was, in fact, four hours after my wife took the pony version of this and eight hours for me that we had started to turn around as, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to die. I can't believe this. It's, this is so incredible, the fast turnaround that I went through once we did it. But it was it was stressful. You know, we you know, you're you know that it, talking to vets, talking to doctor, um, talking to a pharmacist who is a friend of ours. We know this is the same thing, but it's still stressful when you're also being told in the other, this is going to kill you, it's a vet medicine. And so you hold hands and pray, and and it's really what you came down to there. It's a roll of the dice. If I don't do this, I I don't – my opinion was I didn't think I was going to survive a couple more days. I was in trouble. That's the gut feeling I had. I could feel I was losing this. So what do you do? Do you roll the dice, or do you roll the dice the other way and say, hey, this is the same thing, let's adjust the numbers and go? Now, we were careful. I mean, we – we made sure that that was the only ingredient that wasn't combined with some other wormer or anything like that. Any other active ingredient meant for an animal. We were careful about what we were doing, but we went with that option and uh, it absolutely saved my life. I'll never be convinced any other way. And Carla may very well have gone into that cytokine storm in a later phase too. And it may have, it, you know, it may have taken her too. Now she was earlier, so we don't know that, but the stress that was involved in it and the knowledge that, the pharmacies um, from some of these big companies were doing this to people all over the country. People were dying from it. They couldn't get access to something that was saving lives. So, yes, we pursued that, which is what brings us to this conversation today with that lawsuit. So, first of all, I want to thank We the Patriots. I want to thank you, Steve. And I've thanked you personally several times, but for everyone to hear, you and, and Dr. James were so integral in saving my life and giving me time to, you know, be with the kids and raise them out and maybe even look towards retirement one day that I do not believe I would have had if you had not stepped in 
Um, and my wife was just relentless. She would not quit until I turned around, even though she was sick herself. So you folks absolutely saved my life, and I appreciate it. The lawsuit was funded because of you, we the Patriots, and especially your listeners. So, so many times people contribute to things, and they never really find out what happened or where it went. And this did not end the way we wanted it to. We were never allowed to really have a day in court uh, in front of our, a jury of our peers. We never even got to the discovery phase. It just kept being thrown out by the judges. We appealed the initial one. They threw it out again uh, with a three-judge panel at the Eighth Circuit. Um, it's been thrown out with great malice. We were never allowed to advance, uh, even like I see, even to the discovery phase, let alone to be able to be heard in front of a jury of our peers. So it didn't end the way we wanted, but... People cannot stop doing the right thing simply because others stand in our way. So the fact that you folks stepped in and helped my family and tried to help the nation at the level that you did, and it was fast. I remember doing that radio hit with you, Steve, and I, I believe they melted down the website. And within like 40 minutes, once they got it back up, we were fully funded to pursue this. Mm -hmm. There is so much righteousness and goodness that exists within our country, and we're, we're pilloried all the time with the negatives. So I don't want the loss of this and the inability for us to proceed, that the judges just clamp down and this will not be heard type of attitude. I don't want it to affect folks into thinking that there's never going to be a way to win. Now, maybe this one wasn't. But if you lose the attitude of, nope, we're going again, nope, we're going again, then it's lost. But until you lose that attitude, then we're still in good shape because they're, they're by far overwhelming preponderance of the people that are out there are truly wonderful stalwart people who do not like the direction we've been taken in and are concerned at a great level, to say the least. Didn't work, but thank you, thank you for your efforts, America. Well... I wish I could say I'm surprised. I was very I was very optimistic when we launched this, but it's been well over a year now, Bill, and, and seeing how little of a clamoring there is from our countrymen for wanting a reckoning for this, even as they are now talking about bringing it back, just as we warned they would do if they weren't punished the first time. Gee, that's not predictable or anything. Indeed, it is not. And... Um, yeah, people think I'm smart. No, I'm just honest. Those are two different things. Okay. Um, I'm willing to say things that are true that aren't popular. And that makes me seem smart or prophetic. No, I'm just honest. And uh, as, as, as the months have gone on here and seeing how little clamoring there is for justice for this, um, I, 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 it, it was, it's very clear that a lot of Americans, even good people, good patriots, view this as just some kind of moment everyone went crazy for a panic and let's just move on as opposed to an omen of what is to come and I just um, you and your family deserved justice so many families that, um, that we interviewed for Rise of the Fourth Reich whose stories did not end as happily as yours did deserve justice and it looks like they're not going to get it and I, I I'm 
it speaks of your character that you wanted to come on here and give us a pep talk when really your family, they're the, you're the victims here. They tried to kill you and then they used lawfare to de facto do that by denying you standing uh, to face the people that tried to do it. And I'm just very sorry. I'm sorry for you and so many people in our audience that are just never, it looks like, ever going to see justice for a lot of what was done here, at least not in this life, brother. Well, agreed, but there's there's still positivity in the reaction that folks like your audience, like Brian with We the Patriots, you, Dr. James, who fought and fought and fought to save people, there's still hope out there. So my loss, our loss, doesn't mean the country is lost. Yet we're in a hurt locker. There is no question about it. And it's over many, many fronts. Um, but it is not over in terms of our our nation's ability to become free again. And I'm careful in the way I phrase that. I did it on purpose because we're not currently living in a free country. But there is hope to rally back and reestablish what we are supposed to be. But I will I will just offer one more thought. Yes, I I know my family was wronged, but the reason that we launched that, I've, I've never had a lawsuit in my life, the reason that we launched that was to stop them from doing it to everyone else. What was done was done to me, but we wanted to have this not be able to take place again in the future with another excuse that they use to dominate people. We wanted to curtail and have a personal relationship between you and your physician, and in the end, you know, my physician prescribed this, but I'm the final arbiter of whether I took it or not. Even if I'd gotten the actual ivermectin, she might prescribe it, but she's not forcing it down my throat. Mm-hmm. I'm still the one that makes the decision for what I think is best to preserve my life and the best capability that I can. And that is the mentality that we wanted to get corrected. Um, not just simply, hey, you did me wrong and I'm going to sue you. We wanted to step in and not have this as hundreds of thousands of other people were suffering and will again, if we don't get this situation corrected, that is why we stepped in and did what we did. Amen. Well said, brother. Thank you for coming on here and for your courage and, um, love you. And, uh, thank you very much just for everything, man. Uh, I, I appreciate it, Steve. And thanks again to your listeners. Don't give up hope. Thank you, Bill. God bless. Take care. You too. So I know a lot of you gave. I gave thousands of dollars to, of my own money uh, to this out of my own pocket as well. And we tried. We, we, we've tried to do more than just write blogs and books. And there is a, we need to do that to get information out. That's vital. But we've tried. Right now we're, we're still, we've still got a couple hundred more book autographs, copies of Rise of the Fourth Reich available at fourthreichbook.com for a couple of military members that were brave whistleblowers and defended other military members who did not want to take this poison and gave them the exemptions that they were due. And now the military is didn't just purge them and discharge them dishonorably, but now they're trying to stop them from working in the private sector in the medical field now. So if you want to go to fourthreichbook.com, get a special autographed version of Rise of the Fourth Reich. Neither Daniel or I are getting a nickel out of this. All the money is going to the, the legal defenses of the two uh, brave soldiers we just told you about. You know, they stood up for us. Time for us to now stand up for them. 
So rise of the or, or fourthreichbook.com. Fourthreichbook.com is where you can go to help us sell out the last couple of hundred or so of those books. And that'll be at least $20,000 that we've raised to help with the legal def- uh, defense of those two brave men. But we're living in a we're living in a lawless era. Thoughts? And what I love how Bill closed it, all he asks is to be free. That's a I big d- ask. Yeah, oh, these days it is, but ultimately to bring it back to that point is the bottom line. Everybody else, we have the magic potion. Give me the magic potion. Bill just wanted how about you let me read the ingredients on the back of your so-called magic potion and decide for myself? You know, whether we're talking about this COVID jab or anything else, regarding this medical tyranny... That's the main question you should be asking. This is more fundable than medicine. It is, what are you prepared to do in the name of liberty? Hmm. We'll come back. My oldest daughter will join us, and then we will spend the rest of the time talking about Tucker and Trump and what it means moving forward. Stay tuned. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And all of you, though hopefully not all at once, can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. The last name is D-E-A-C-E, by the way. If you're a podcast listener, thank you. We appreciate you. And we'd ask that you would please show your appreciation for us by giving us a five-star review, if you like the show, that is. Uh, And thank you to all of you who have, thousands of you have, in fact. And also hit subscribe or follow. And lots more of you have done those things. So thank you for that, too. And the reason why is if you do that, then you're guaranteed that every time a new episode drops, you get it in your feed right away. So thank you for that. I mentioned last hour the heat wave is returning, at least here in the Midwest. Make sure you connect with Sweat Block right now and you're ready. Whether it's their deodorant lotions that keep your skin from getting swampy, their, uh, their deodorant stick which is the truth, man. That thing does not mess around. Or the OG product, the, uh, the antiperspirant wipes that they have for excessive sweating. And, and that can be an issue, too, where it's not even the heat. You know, maybe it's just your adrenaline and momentum and stuff gets going. And first date, big job interview, public speaking, and you, get, you just can't stop the pitting. These wipes will help you with that. All right. So go to sweatblock.com right now. Use the promo code DACE. You'll get 20% off when you do. Promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. That's promo code DACE at sweatblock.com. We're going to spend the bulk of this hour discussing the Tucker Trump interview and what that means for both where Tucker is at from a career trajectory standpoint um, and its impact or lack thereof, given the amount of hype going into this and what that may mean as well. Uh, we're going to be spending the bulk of the hour talking about that. And a lot of you have been asking for the last four or five days, hey, when are you guys going to break that down? Well, we're going to do it for both Pop Culture Tuesday and Fake News or Not. Because this wasn't just a question of journalism 
or media, but also the introduction of a new platform for the dissemination of content directly to people and what we may have learned about that platform in the process as well. So we're going to get to all of that in the bulk of this hour. But first, we welcome in my oldest daughter. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Dad? Good to see you, Anastasia. I'm great. Even better now that you're here. Thank you. So what are we talking about this week? Well, so you kind of hinted to it last Thursday, so I thought that I would take this time to kind of like announce something to your audience, and uh, yeah, so should I just say it? You may, however you would like to do it. You can sing it in song. What would you like to say? <laughs> no, uh, I mean, a lot of people already guessed it, but Stephen and I are expecting our first baby, March 3rd, Aww. next year, so we're really excited. So that, that is why, by the way, there was a bit of a wardrobe change. There are some of the early ultrasound pictures there. Um, that is uh, why we, uh, we went to a wardrobe change here during the last break. But your, Dad, mo- your, I- mom had this show, your mom had this shirt like, made for me like, right away and wanted me to wear this in anticipation of this segment happening, which it's happening right now. I do have to tell you guys something, though. Yes. Is I did kind of actually, I told a little white lie to the family, just a little one. Okay. Is that last Wednesday when we went in for that ultrasound, we got blood work done to see what the gender of the baby was. Oh, so you do know. <laughs> so we do know. So I thought, since you don't know, since we kind of told you guys so fast when we were pregnant and everything, so I thought this might be a fun little surprise to tell you. So what, we had a birthday dinner for your mom on Sunday. I know. And you didn't tell us then. No, and we'll be, and so Stephen, my husband's parents don't know either. So we'll be, I'm going to clip the video and then I'm going to send this to them after the show as well. Okay. All right. So, and I made sure mom and grandma should be watching right now. I'm going to send it to Zoe and Noah later too. Okay. So you're, so mama's watching right now. Your mom yeah, is watching. Yeah, nobody, like, why we haven't told anybody. So, and we had given you the impression that we weren't going to know for a while, but they actually asked us last week. And then, and then Thursday when you kind of put me on the spot being like, don't you have an announcement? The reason I didn't say it was because the blood work had not come in yet. So that is gotcha. why I ended up not saying anything to try to give it some more time. Okay. So then it has come in. So we're going to tell you that if it's a boy or girl, and I'm going to tell you the name. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is breaking news. This is big time. <laughs> this is the big, only the biggest events happen right here on the blaze folks. All right. So, okay. Just a second. Are you ready? I got to get ready. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Okay. Should I just tell you now? You may do it. You may. It, the floor is yours. So, Stephen and I are having a girl March 3rd, and her name will be Autumn Elizabeth Hibbs. Oh, that's a very pretty name. Thank you. Yeah. Elizabeth, because it's my middle name, and then I don't know if you know this, but it's actually Stephen's mom and his sister's middle name really? as well. Okay. Yeah. So, there's some connection there. Yeah. And Hibbs is his last name, I'm guessing, right? Yes, and yeah. then Hibbs is his last name, yes. So why autumn, other than that it's the most wonderful time of the year? That is why. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite season, and it's when we got married. So I thought that would be a really sweet, like, first child name. You know? It's, when is, we, it's that... the season we got married in. It's also the best season of the year. So, you know, you got married and moved out. Mm-hmm. Your younger sister's moving out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... I am, I'm struggling with it more than I am, I'm letting on because I just know that it's a rite of passage. Todd, you've gone through this now for the last two summers in a row, right? Yes. But I miss just 
having a little having little girls that want to go with me everywhere <laughs> that want to sit with me to watch every show okay like you and your sister did for many years i miss that quite a bit so i'm totally ready for that again i think and i think you'll be a really good girl grandpa not that you would have been a good you would have been a good both but i'm 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 totally ready to spoil another princess i'm completely ready to do that so. We were pretty convinced it was a boy. Like we were in normal, like everyday conversation, like referring to the baby as a he. Yeah. And I caught myself starting to do that as well. So when I opened it up, like the results yesterday, I was pretty surprised. And how accurate are those results? It's like 99.4%. Yeah. So I I'm, it was and, pretty high. Yeah. Didn't know it was that high, but I knew it was pretty high. So I mean, I'd be a little surprised when it came out if <laughs> there was something I wasn't expecting, but <laughs> you know, but it's a girl. Yeah. So now you can plan, right? Yes, I did already Planned start putting together that, of, stuff. Of, of course you did, because <laughs> that, you're your mother's daughter. That, that's the side that you inherited from her. You're already planning everything. Got a notebook? I do have you're a notebook. You're writing stuff in it? I do have a notebook, and I am yeah. writing things in it, yes. Yeah. That's the stuff you got from your mama, for sure. <laughs> so I'm, I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I'm excited for you guys, most of all. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm excited for me, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. I'm I am. Very excited. I am completely ready to be grandpa. I have been for a long time. I'm ready to. I am ready to be grandpa. And it took your mom a while, but I think she's ready to be grandma now. She wasn't ready for about a year. <laughs> just didn't want to be called that. But I think she's ready to be grandma now. She's like, she's, she's actually. I I have had to. I have had to stop her from spending enough money to reboot the Biden economy over the last couple of months, only because we just didn't know a lot yet, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm out of excuses now that we know. <laughs> so, I know. And Stephen's really excited. Anybody has an idea for a new book I could write, <laughs> all right, that'll just essentially fund uh, my wife's uh, baby slush fund, um, let me know. Okay, but go Stephen ahead. Stephen will yeah. have to give up his... He was saying that if we were going to have a boy, it was going to be a Minnesota Vikings nursery. Yes. He said. So, and the other day when we were in Barnes & Noble, he was looking at baby books about how to teach your child about who the Minnesota Vikings are. and Very short book, I would imagine. Maybe yeah. a page or two. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Sorry. I love you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. do that seriously, please. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> so now what color is it going to be? It'll probably be pink. See, now I'm now I feel like I'm taking over now. Now, now it's your turn. So yeah. now it'll be like like we're already talking about like putting the baby in ballet, like when they're like three. Like we've planned things ahead. Like the other day we were talking about like when she brings home her first boyfriend, like what we'll say. Steven like sometimes needs to sit down because he he isn't sometimes he's like, Okay, like it's not even born yet. You gotta chill. But I'm just trying to think ahead so we have like so we know. I feel like you can't do that, but I'm trying my best. All right, gentlemen, your thoughts. Congrats. Yeah. It's exciting. Thank you. There's nothing but this is this is the point. And uh, just remember that, you know, b- ballet or otherwise, soccer or otherwise, you know, your your cup runneth over right now and it forever will be because you're lucky enough to be called mom or dad by one of God's creation. So... Take it and run with it, sister. It's the best there is. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, so I've been a dad for two years now. It is as awesome as it is hard, and it's as hard as it is awesome. It's, you'll you'll be exhausted, but it's a good kind of exhausted. There's really no downside to being a parent. That's my review after two years. 
there's really for everything that's hard there's three more moments that are awesome so i think you guys have a lot to look it, forward to well you bring, and if if we may just expand this to the point of the show uh if, if you're a parent and you're often thinking about the downsides of being a parent you know that's a you problem you probably want to look in the mirror and think about what you need to do to be the light in that child's life more often and that can come in all different shapes and sizes we don't all do it the same but man it is the greatest blessing you can possibly have it is i mean i'll just tell you there has been nothing in my life has been more thrilling and rewarding than being you and zoe and noah's dad nothing has been um and uh and since you were the first that came along particularly where you are concerned i mean you gave me a level of um direction and purpose that i just didn't even i didn't have i mean you made me you made me for the first time truly grow up and uh and now i you know just when we were sitting around talking after dinner sunday a lot of stuff we can't talk about on the air <laughs> And I mean, I just, I'm watching your mannerisms and I'm watching the way you analyze situations and I'm watching the way that you talk. And I just, I couldn't, I just, I'm like, it is like watching a prettier, more feminine version of myself. I mean, it's just unbelievable, you know? And, uh, and so hopefully that's a, that's a reminder, by the way, of the importance of this job that those kids are like little recorders, man. And they're capturing video all the time. And so my hope is, as, a, as your dad, that you got the best things of me that you observed, particularly my cleaning habits. And uh, um, Let's not sully this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that um, you, didn't, you, you didn't absorb the worst ones. And instead, I've always told you this, you know, you guys go out and make your own mistakes. Learn from the mistakes that your mom and I made. Um, learn from the mistakes you watched us make as you grew up in our home and then go out and... Um, and make your own mistakes. So um, I'm just very, very, my, I mean, my heart is full. I'm just very, very happy. I cannot wait. I'm very happy for you guys. Thank you. Yep. And uh, um, we're, we're very much looking forward to babysitting. And there's going to come a time that you're going to very much look forward <laughs> to our babysitting as well. All right. So any other words? No, I don't think so. I was just really excited to be able to tell you if it was a boy or girl or not. And we'll be excited to, I'll send this video to Stephen's parents too. So they'll be really excited as oh, well. Very cool. Well, I don't even know how to segue from this. I mean, I'm just, but thank you. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. And uh, I mean, you have not been perfect, but you have been an incredible and continue to be an incredible daughter. And I am extremely proud to be your daddy and always have been. So I'm very, very happy for you and I cannot wait. So well, thank, thank you, Dad. I love you. I love you too. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. All right. Go ahead and wobble on out of here now. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to the last. <laughs> Someone's got to get the last word and it's always going to probably be me. All right. So, um, all right. Fake news or not brought to you by our friends. Good segue, actually. Uh, of, uh, our friends over at the Refocus podcast. Uh, this is from uh, Jim Daly at Focus on the Family. Helping families follow their faith for over 40 years. He's been president of Focus on the Family for about 20. Uh, this is a podcast that focuses on uh, confronting a world that has turned truth upside down, helping our kids from being misled, uh, healing marriages that are falling apart, 
uh, and, and trying to restore the Christian values that once held this country together, but are being thrown out the window as we speak. If you want encouragement and equipping, uh, you can subscribe uh, to the Refocus podcast with Jim Daly on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Refocus with Jim Daly on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else where you listen to podcasts. All right. We're going to spend the rest of this hour looking both at the substance of the exchange between Tucker and Trump, or frankly, unfortunately, the lack thereof, but then also what this moment meant from a media perspective. And that's where the pop culture angle comes into play as well. I, I saw something um, our buddy Dan Bongino tweeted out uh, earlier, actually during the break, and I want to share this. Um, Dan tweeted out. We have some breaking news. Too. Oh, we do? Go ahead. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez has dropped out of the presidential race. With a 0.0%. You're supposed to say who. Yeah, I think he figured out the Vake's going to be a better Trump surrogate than me. Yeah. And so there's really no point to me continuing the race. Um, oh, where is this at? Here it is. Um, Dan posts the latest top five shows. On iTunes, which is about 65%, of, I think, of the podcast market. So a, a clear majority, almost two-thirds. Um, and, and Dan points out, none of the top five have a cable news contract. And yet they each have audiences measured in the millions. Ben Shapiro's number one. Dan Bongino's number two. Megan Kelly's number three. Matt Walsh is number four. Glenn Beck is number five. And so none of these are people that have cable news contracts. Um, also in the top 10, Charlie Kirk, no cable news contract. Michael Knowles, no cable news contract. Steve Bannon, no cable news contract. Um, I mentioned Candace Owens. No, I said no. No, Char Candace Owens, no cable news contract. In fact, I think the only person in the top 10 that I saw when I looked uh, after Dan's uh, post is Mark Levin is the only one. And he's on weekends. So the great one is the only one I think that had a cable news contract that is a top 10 podcast, um, a conservative podcast, according to iTunes. By the way, we're currently 16th on that list, if you're wondering, because I, I figured might as well see where we're at, too. We're currently 16th on that list, if I counted correctly. Maybe it was 17. Six, somewhere in the mid-teens is where we are. Uh, also with no cable news contract. Okay, so I want to talk about what this means. First, I want to address the substance. That's the most important part. But then in the second part of our conversation, the rest of this hour, guys, I want to address what it means from a media perspective moving forward. Okay. So I, I want to start with the substance and I want to go back to what I said on this show after the leader, the family leader summit that we held, that we broadcast here on the blaze and Tucker was brought in to question the candidates and MC the event. And I was a vocal advocate of it. Um, as a lot of you know, uh, the head of the family leader, Bob Vanderplatz, is one of my very best friends. And I mean, I absolutely strongly endorsed to lobbied Bob the last two years to both bring Tucker in last year as the keynote address and then bring him back this year to question the candidates. I wrote a column for the blaze in the aftermath of the leadership summit, giving glowing praise to Tucker. But I remember the conversation we had when we came in here the next week. The temptation now for Tucker will be to become the new gatekeeper now. And 
I'm I'm very concerned. Very concerned after what I saw of the Tucker Trump. It wasn't an interview. It was an infomercial. So a few things I want to say about that, then I'll turn it over to you guys. We don't need a MAGA drudge. We already got we got rid of Matt Drudge. Uh, we don't need Tucker as the new gatekeeper instead of Fox. We need the Tucker who was on Fox and made the gatekeepers nervous. We don't need to do PR for the Tates. Uh, we need to question narratives, even the ones that we like. We don't need to troll Fox for revenge. The Bible that Tucker told us he is now studying seriously for the first time is very clear that vengeance belongs to the Lord. We need Tucker the truth seeker, not the revenge seeker. We don't need yet another Trump loyalist. We need someone of prominence that will push Trump to remain loyal to his base on the issues that are long going to outlive Donald Trump. I am an unabashed Tucker Carlson fanboy. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I personally lobbied my friend Bob Vanderplas to bring Tucker into the leadership summit the last two years in a row. Tucker is one of the few media people I have personally sought out a picture with. Um, I mentioned I just wrote a glowing column about him at the Blaze. I think his collective work the last five years is at least the most important work our movement and industry has done other than Rush. And I could argue more important. It's just ultimately without Rush, this industry movement doesn't exist, right? So who's the greatest president of all time? Uh, George Washington. Because if he sucked, there wouldn't be others. Who's the greatest figure in the history of conservative media? Rush Limbaugh. Because if he sucked, there wouldn't have been others. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But at the very least, I think what Tucker's done the last five years would be number two on that list. The only primetime show on Fox that ever had me on was Tucker, and he did so twice. Both times to discuss Fauci, COVID, tyranny, the jab, etc. And so I have no idea how it is possible that Tucker never asked Trump about any of those things. I mean, we played the clip. The loudest applause line at the leadership summit was what? When Tucker said to Asa Hutchinson, he had taken none of the jab. Mm -hmm. Well, you're sitting across from the guy who is the, who calls himself the father of the jab and is proud of it. No questions on, hey, you know, might you want to know why I didn't take any of this? Nothing. Nothing. Instead... Pre-debate, Tucker did a slurping interview with Trump surrogate Vivek. Oddly timed to do it right before the debate. Weird. And then post-debate or during the debate, does another slurping interview with Trump himself. I I'm sorry, but these are not good signs about where independent Tucker is heading. It's just uh, very few people will say it out of fear of offending him given the size of the views and his audience. But I, I don't care about that stuff and never have. Maybe I should, you know, um, but in this case, it doesn't matter because if, if Tucker's going to continue on, the, on the, the, the course he's on right now, I'm never getting invited on there anyway. I'll never, I'll never be on anyway. Because if we're not, if this is not now about questioning narratives, people forget the text that Tucker was sending about Trump at the, in, the, in the last days of his presidency. He said he was autistic. He said we needed to be rid of him. Doesn't listen. Tired of the act. Now we're doing slurping interviews. I mean, I, I was on the blaze the night of the debate. I thought DeSantis' answer on Ukraine was weak. So guess what I said on the air? It was weak. It was weak. 
and I'm a DeSantis endorser. I thought it was weak. The parts where he was good, I said he was good. Parts where I didn't think he was good, I said he wasn't good. Because ultimately, what I care about the most is the truth. And without that, our kids and grandkids don't have any hope. So we, we don't need to go from will it play on Fox to will this get me on Tucker. We, we don't need Tucker to be Boromir or Faramir. Let me put the ring on my finger. I will wield it justly. No, we need the Tucker on Fox who was throwing rings into Mount Doom. That's the Tucker we need. Um, and that's the Tucker that we blessedly had. And that's what made Tucker a superstar without having to kiss or anybody's ass or align with anybody. And this has absolutely zero to do with DeSantis. All, the jab still poisoned people whether Ron DeSantis is running for president or not. Tucker still would not have taken any of the jab because Ron DeSantis isn't running for president. These mm-hmm. questions, these aren't about the primary. I don't care what Tucker thinks of Ron DeSantis. He must think something positive. He lives in a state half the year, but I don't care. What I do care about is the, is the possibility that we may lose someone as important and heroic and prominent as Tucker to just become the next guy with a narrative and a faction that I represent, as opposed to a guy that just came to drop truth bombs. Ultimately, I have one real fear, and that is that we have become a movement industry and generation that used to be Jacob fundamentally imperfect but sincerely wrestling with God and that we are now Esau's whatever gets instant gratification satiation we sell our birth rate for that a full belly today and that is going to doom our children and our grandchildren and I think to avoid that being fulfilled, we need leaders who will zealously, fearlessly, and desperately pursue the truth like Tucker did on Fox. That's not what he did in that interview. He desperately pursued a Trump candidacy. And if he wants to do that, cool. Then just endorse and just say so. I'm here to promote the candidate I believe in. Okay. I wouldn't even be doing this if he had done that. Right. I get it. But that's not what he did, is it? It is not. No. That's not the leader Tucker's been for the last five years. It's not. And we need that Tucker. So I would imagine there's a million people in his ear with business opportunities, advice. I would urge our audience to please pray for him to have clarity and courage. Because I don't, I don't know who's on deck if we lose him. And when I say lose him, I mean he just becomes another person representing a faction of people playing to fanboys rather than laying waste to narratives. That's what we need more than anything else. We don't need a smarter, better idolatry. We need the smashing of idols. And that's what he did for five years on Fox. And my hope was being free to Fox, he'd smash the idols even more ruthlessly. But that is not what we saw last week, gentlemen. Your thoughts? Well, you know what I said about this beforehand. I couldn't, I couldn't envision something like this happening because there was no pressure, visible pressure for him that I could see for him to do it. He, he could go into, he had enough cachet. I'll do this interview 
and quite frankly, I'm leaning in your direction, but I, there's elephants in the room. I, I need to ask them with no ambiguity and you give your answer and uh, then we can move on. And if you don't want to do that, fine. That's the, the, Tucker did not have to really put a camel through an eye of the needle for this thing to be a success. He almost seems to be trying to do it on this thing. So why? And so I haven't changed. I, I said it out loud on the show last week. I, I just simply presented again. Is there a deal on the table? Something like from Donald Trump. If I win, you're my chief of staff. And or win or lose, if you don't want to work in the government, I fund your next step as a media empire and tucker knows this guy's 70 whatever eight years old you know he's he's moving on this thing will be mine i those are the only things that have any sense from any occam's razor uh perspective everything else i i the the other thing is just totally selling out which i guess that happens but damn if it did it did Aaron, what did you think? I don't know. Tucker Carlson made really good money. Right. At Fox News. Why the need, why, why feel the need to sell out right now? Agreed. So I, I don't know what this is. In, in giving him the maximum benefit of the doubt, which in my opinion, he has earned because of all of the, the narratives that he has smashed Agreed. or questioned yep. over the last uh, few years in particular. Giving him the maximum benefit of the doubt. What I come to the conclusion of is, is it Boromir or Foromir putting the ring on? That's, that's giving him maximum benefit of the doubt. I can manipulate Trump into doing something that I think needs to be done or being something I think he needs to be. That's, that's all I see this as. Again, that's giving him maximum benefit of the doubt. Which um, he probably has earned. Which I just laid out. Yeah. 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 As you said, he's probably earned that. Yeah. Because I can't really think of another scenario where you would go down this r- route. Hey, do you think they're going to kill you? Not really asking him. I mean, after you know, a few weeks. You did get Trump to say he's the only person in America that thinks Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Okay. He did get Trump to say that, I guess. What are we doing here? I I don't know, but the signs aren't good. But we're going to let that story play itself out a little bit more. I want to talk now about what this means from a media perspective when we come back. All right, if you are struggling with chronic pain then we may have the solution. No guarantees, but how about spending 20 bucks for 70% odds that we do? That is the three-week quick start that they offer you at Relief Factor to see if you don't see a difference in your pain level in three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com. Relief Factor is the drug-free anti-inflammatory 
Why do you want an anti-inflammatory? Because that's probably the reason why you have that achiness, that soreness, that stiffness in your joints that just won't go away. That's probably from too much inflammation. This is the all-natural anti-inflammatory devised by physicians who can prescribe drugs, but it's drug-free. Why? Hey, there's a lot of great drugs out there. I'm not talking about the narcotic variety, like the medical ones. But, you know, they, they can also, with overuse, they can tax other organs and systems in your body. So there's not always a natural method to things, but if there is one, take full advantage of it. We're about 70% confident this is the right one for you because that's the odds over the years. About 70% of the people that have tried the three-week quick start for 20 bucks have stuck around long-term because of the results they saw in three weeks or less from Relief Factor. What do you have to lose? You've tried everything else? Give it a try. Three weeks for 20 bucks. See if you don't see a market improvement in your pain level. When you go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-the-number-four, 800-4-relief, 800-4-relief, or relieffactor.com. All right, so let's get into the broader, and, and we're going to spend more time on this, because frankly, there wasn't, there was almost no substance in the Tucker Trump interview. I mean, I, I don't even know how that's possible. How is it possible the most consequential political figure of this century and the most consequential uh, media figure of this decade get together for a 45-minute conversation and nothing of substance happens? I mean, think about it. Think about how many columns were written, including by yours truly, about what Tucker did to Mike Pence and Asa Hutchinson, who are not consequential figures politically. Think about how much was written and said in the aftermath of the leadership summit because of the substance of those conversations, right? Right. Written about and and talked about across the media spectrum. I mean, there's very little. This was only five days ago. And and it's like Mm -hmm. it's like the Tucker Trump interview never happened because there was no substance there. It was a nothing. What was the point of it? And when the bar is so low everywhere else for substance, all you have to do is provide a little bit and you've got some of the cover you need and furthermore if it was a, if it was him selling out it's more likely that all of a sudden he does go there brings up the issue but but goes there in a way that is totally antithetical to what he did with asa hedgerson just like weeks set before. him up for success yeah set him up for success yeah. instead nothing nothing that's why there's got to be something else going on to me okay let's talk about what i think is far more consequential and the or not but, but uh, more consequential of a discussion the precedent that this sets okay there's a lot of talk about the amount of views and maybe you saw this uh, 12 million people watched the GOP debate 250 million views of the Tucker Trump interview guess who won well folks it's a little more complicated than that okay by the way, I think I predicted that if Trump showed up, 30 million people would watch the GOP debate. If he didn't, 10 to 15 million people would watch. That's pretty much exactly what happened. Now, here's the thing. Without Trump there, there's not much of a gawker crowd. You know what I'm saying? With Trump, you're going to get a gawker crowd. People just aren't going to ever vote Republican, but are just damn curious to see the show and mm-hmm. watch. You're not going to get that. So I would guess, the, you know, very small numbers of people who watch that GOP debate are not actual GOP primary voters. There was a Washington Post poll that found 7% of GOP primary voters watched Tucker and Trump instead of the debate. The only reason I'm giving that any credibility, by the way, is because a week ago Monday on this show, what did I tell you was the data I had seen. The percentage of GOP primary voters that, that are on Twitter, quote, often. What was the percentage? Do you remember what it was? Seven. 
the exact number in that poll. That's the only reason I give it any weight at all, okay? So the way Twitter works is you get, and I didn't know any of this. I, I, I wanted to kind of get to the, let me start here. I absolutely have every incentive to bury legacy media. It's done nothing for me. It's held me back. It's been a gatekeeper. It's tried to stop people like me from challenging narratives. It doesn't give us a platform. Okay. I have no incentive at all to try and, 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 and hoist the carcass, the dying carcass of legacy media up, you know, like, like Moses guiding the Israelites in war with his arms up. I have none, none. And, and, I, and I absolutely believe we are watching the slow death of legacy media. It's generationally happening. But I just want to make sure we understand we're not having the 2028 election cycle, are we? We're not having the 2032 election cycle, are we? We're having the 2024 cycle. Right. And so therefore, the metrics that are in place right now and prevalent in 24 have to be examined objectively. Now, I think we're one, two cycles away from legacy media essentially being dead when you look at it's a dying technology with a largely dying audience. But we're not there yet, are we? No. No. So here's the way I found out Twitter works under Elon. If someone watches your video for two seconds, it is, it is credited with Twitter's algorithm as it in full view. Two seconds. It's credited with a full view. I am guessing, given the prominence of this event for Twitter, probably Elon had, this, had their algorithm geared that this was this Tucker Trump thing was in everybody's feed. I think that's fair. Yeah. Probably got pretty favorable algorithm placement. By the way, that's smart. Yes. It, it, Twitter, it, it would be smart of Elon to, to do that in order to more legitimize his platform as the place now where serious news and conversation takes place politically. Okay. So you, you can't just go with the views. 250 million views is an incredible number. And that's what it was as of five days ago. You have to look at the engagements. So, for, exa for example, NASCAR has a much smaller audience than the NBA does, okay? And yet NASCAR is a very financially lucrative enterprise. Why? Because even though it has, it has, it's, it's a smaller sport markedly than the NBA, the people that are involved in NASCAR are very engaged, meaning that it costs me less to place an ad in the Daytona 500 than it does in the NBA Finals. But the level of engagement that I'm going to get out of that ad in the Daytona 500 is high enough that I'm probably going to go to the smaller audience if I want true... If, if, if I don't want just screaming my product name in a crowded theater, but I have a call to action. I want people to buy it, purchase my service, take part in my cause. Our show operates this way, by the way. We have, we, we have, we're probably, you know, what did I say we were last hour and looked on iTunes? 16th or 17th. So we're, you know, us and Whitlock, according to iTunes, are about the same. Allie's a little bit ahead. Glenn's obviously way ahead. Levin's obviously way ahead. And then it would be like us. Then it would be like Allie and then Whitlock and us and us and Whitlock, depending on, because these, 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 these change like every 15 minutes. They're being updated constantly. The level of engagement, though, that we get in our audience, even though we're maybe the fourth or fifth most watched show on this network, the level of engagement, meaning that you overperform, you guys in our audience, you overperform our audience size. That's why we're constantly sold out of ads here on the show. We're having to add inventory because we have so many businesses that want to be on this show 
because you guys overperform. You guys really, I mean, last hour we talked to a, one of my best friends. He needed 50 grand to file a lawsuit. That thing was funded in like 90 minutes. And yeah, I, I gave like the first 10% of the, of, the, of the cause, but the other 90% got funded like in an hour and a half, guys. You guys deliver. Without any help from linear cable at all, I've had two best-selling books. You guys deliver. You show up. And so we could never generate the amount of views that uh, anything close to what Tucker and Trump did. But our level of engagement is high. So I went and looked at the engagements for the Tumper, the, the, the Tumper, the truck, the Tucker Trump interview. I looked at the engagements through Thursday, first 250 million views. Here's what I found. Just 0.08% of those, of those views actually retweeted the video. Zero point. This is going to sound like a COVID thing where the numbers we're giving are, are out here are way high the top line but when you look at the actual data they're like what are we doing here okay 0.8 0. 0.8 of the views retweeted the video 0.007 percent of the views quote retweeted it meaning that they they, they sent their own analysis or, or caption or call to action comment on the video just 0.007% of those views, quote, retweeted the video. Just 0.3% of the views even liked the video. Just 0.03% of the views bookmarked the video, meaning they wanted to keep a record of it. Go back, watch it again. Save it. Let me repeat those numbers again. Just 0.8% of the views retweeted the video. Just 0.007% of the views, quote, retweeted the video. Just 0.3% of the views have liked the video. Just 0.03% of the views bookmarked the video. Those engagements are awful. Awful. That's dreadful. I mean, there are Twitter eggs that don't even have avatars and no blue check marks who will get higher engagements percentage-wise than that. That's really bad really bad so when you factor in if someone sees your video for two seconds in their feed it's counted as a full view and this was a 45 minute interview and you factor in the anemic engagement level of that video how impactful was this truly on breaking the monotony and the control of legacy media thoughts oh, oh I don't really think at all let's as it applies to tucker how many of us i i don't regularly get a chance to sit down to watch tucker steve i know you don't but we often knew what tucker said why because we'd see him on twitter yep. saying something i'd, that I'd went, watch his monologue almost yes. every morning because i saw it on twitter, on twitter. Yep. and oftentimes it went viral for specific reasons what happened here there was nothing to go viral there was no moment there was nothing that had to be seen see that to me that's the issue with all this and i go all the way back so in the end you're tying this back to the content yeah because yes, the content yes. was so shallow yes. so was the engagement yes. in other and words basically okay. you heard did you 
you asked the person, did you happen to see what Tucker said? Or that you saw Twitter and somebody already said there was a nothing burger. Nothing was there. So you didn't go watch it. Mm-hmm. I was constantly, when I was at the Des Moines Register, I was constantly, when we, uh, at the end, were about bells and clicks and whistles and metrics and all that stuff. And I said, you guys realize none of this is going to matter as long as you keep having a product that's not worth reading you are utterly predictable everybody knows what you're going to say there's no great conversation going on people actually resent the newsing your use your news that you're putting in there we all I, we all agree steve that whether it's like legacy media of whatever kind certainly print journalism was going to have to make some changes no matter what right because of the introduction of technology was its destiny so set in stone if you had real newspapers doing real news don't you think they would have had a better shot steve I'm certain yeah. they would have had a better shot at surviving. The same applies to this. What happens going forward with new media depends a lot of, and always has on what old media wants to be. And new media, quite frankly, is going to have the same kind of problems that we have with all the streaming services to watch movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. It gets annoying after a while. You can only have so many. Those five on the top five, good. It gets harder and harder, and we know this from experience. So it all comes back to quality content. And it, this was largely a nothing burger, not because of a failure of technology, because for the first time in a very, very long time... Tucker himself failed to launch. Yes. Yeah. Aaron, that's a great yeah, point. And that's a great point. Aaron, what say you? The reason, just to reset this again... The reason why when Tucker Carlson was on Fox News, most of his monologues went viral, it's because he was stepping on like a bug. He was stepping on every shibboleth, every third rail, every narrative that was supposed to be unquestioned. And people eat that up. Regardless, I mean, across the political spectrum, whether you like it or hate it, if he's stepping on your shibboleth, people care. But there's been none of that. And especially not with the Tucker or with the uh, Donald Trump interview. There were no shibboleths that were stepped on. In fact, as you said earlier, Donald Trump said, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein probably killed himself. Um, that's just it's out of character for Tucker Carlson is what I would say. At least the Tucker Carlson we've grown to, grown accustomed to. Yes. And I don't know. I, outside of the first few shows that he's done. There have been several episodes where it's like Andrew Tate. I don't want. I don't. I don't care. I know who Andrew Tate is. Yeah, I didn't watch. He's the Genghis Khan school of masculinity. Right. I I don't care. There was somebody. um, uh, There's there's been several episodes where it's just like, I don't know what what are we doing here. I don't really care that much about this, and that's a problem for Carlson. If if his game here is with with Donald Trump especially, I just want kind of the MAGA crowd as my built-in audience. If you don't still, though, give compelling content, if you don't stay on brand as the fearless questioner of narratives, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem long run. Maybe it won't be. Maybe he's a big enough star that he can do that. And that's why I was concerned about this coming out of the Leadership Summit. Is... I can't stand Fox... I detest it. I've made that pretty clear for as long as all of you guys have known me, have I not? Yes. I mean, I, I mean, I made this clear when you, when I was a local show. I couldn't stand Fox then. Okay. I don't need a gatekeeper. I have one. It's called the Word of God. Everybody else, get the hell out of the way. Get the literal hell out of the way. Literally, 
Get thee behind me, Satan. All right? But is it possible that whatever guardrails Fox had in place was a check and balance on the left? There was no option for Tucker to go off and do these kinds of things. And so therefore that incentivized him to question narratives and push back rather than join with a narrative and push those because I mean, I didn't, I don't care about the Tates. I will tell you the amount of conservative women, including our own Ali Stuckey, who pushed back on mm-hmm. the slurp fest of the Tate brothers at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Just, I just don't, I don't think the Tucker we saw on Fox for five years gets Donald Trump one-on-one and never once asks him about the jab. Never once asked him right. about lockdowns. I know. I don't think the Tucker we got on Fox for five years just, you know, um, travels across the world to become a, to do a 35, 55 minute infomercial with a pornographer. I just don't. I just don't. Whether he's being falsely accused or imprisoned or not, I just don't believe that. I think that's the kind of stuff Fox would have, you know, particularly on the Tate stuff, would have lost its mind over. And now I just wonder, what's the plumb line? Is the plumb line ego? So I'm going to do the stuff that Fox wouldn't let me to do anymore? Or am I going to do the truth? We're finding that out. And so far, I don't know that the answers have been all that encouraging. And let's pray that this is just a phase and we get back on the narrow road. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.